Gospel of Luke chapter number 12. This is going to tie in with everything that was said this morning in the Sunday school hour. And I'm always amazed at how the Lord does that. And uh, me and Brother Tim don't talk none about those types of things. We do talk through the week, but uh, not about that. Uh, but the Lord has worked it in my heart. And I was praying, asking the Lord about the service this morning, and and uh, this is what He put on my heart. And so I want to be a help and a blessing to you. If you'll pray for us this morning, that God will touch us. I need a touch spiritually, that unction. I need a touch physically, that God strengthen my voice. I'm a little under the weather, uh, but the Lord knows all about that. And uh, But He'll touch us and help us today. I'm satisfied. Luke chapter 12. When you found your place, if you're able and willing to do so, we'll stand together out of reverence and honor the reading of the Word of God. Luke chapter number 12. I begin reading in verse number 22. And he said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life what ye shall eat, neither for the body what ye shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn, and God feedeth them. How much more are ye better than the fowls? And which of you, with taking thought, can add this stature one cubit? If ye then be not able to do that thing which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not, neither they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothed the grass which is today in the field, and the mire is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? And seek not ye what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, Neither be ye of doubtful mind, for all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. We read these verses here in Luke chapter number 12 and we know this record well. It's recorded in other gospels as well. We know this scripture, especially verse number 31. Other gospel, we know it probably better than Luke's record where the Lord said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Then all these other things will be added unto you. The Lord here is speaking with His disciples The Bible makes it very plain in verse number 22 who he's speaking to. But he's speaking to them after that he's spoken to the multitude about the same principles that he's speaking the disciples about. He has said someone has come to put it in its context. In verse number 13, one of the company or the multitude that's following him, somebody there has come to him and said, Master, Speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. And the Lord began to speak about the fact that it is, I think, the whole 
message, the whole thing in a nutshell is in verse number 15 where the Lord said, For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. Then he begins in verse number 16 to speak this parable to the multitude, and we know this parable about the ground of a certain rich man that brought forth plentifully and he didn't have a, a barn big enough so he said this will I do I'll tear down my barns and build greater and then I'll have a place to lay it up and I'll take my ease and I'll eat and I'll drink and I'll be merry and then the Bible said the Lord said thou fool this night thy soul shall be required of thee then who shall those things be which thou hast provided and so the Bible said that the Lord then looked at the multitude and and said, so then is every man that is rich to himself and not rich toward God. The person that puts all the emphasis in temporal things that will vanish, that will pass away, and lays not up for himself treasure in heaven. There are other places where the Lord speaks about this. Where we lay up treasure in heaven, where moth and rust that not corrupt, nor thieves break through and steal. For he said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So, and so the Lord's bringing about the reality uh, that the things we care about consume us and consume our time in these days. So then he looks at his disciples and he begins his statement of the um, uh, with the word therefore. Uh, so that means that he's tying everything he has said uh, to what he's fixing to say. He's saying in light of the fact that the, what a man has is not really in the things he possesses. Uh, that a man's life is not counted uh, by how much money is in the bank, by what kind of house he lives in, or what kind of car he drives. Uh, and based upon the parable of the rich man, he said, I say unto you, uh, uh, not worry about all the things that the world is caught up in, but rather seek God and his righteousness, and then all these other things will be added unto you. Now we live in a day where everybody's seeking those things that the Lord speaks about not seeking after. And they are consuming people in this day. I want to say they are consuming the church in this day. But then the Lord makes this statement. This is where my heart's really drawn to this morning. And uh, I don't know how long my voice will last and I may have to call the time or two, but you just bear with me and I'll try to preach what's on my heart this morning. But the Lord makes this statement at the end of all of this. He said in verse number 32, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. In other words, the Lord said, Don't worry about all these other things that don't even really matter anyway. He said, your heavenly Father, it is His good pleasure. It is what He desires to do and to give you better things than all of this. It said it is the pleasure of your Father to take care of you. And the Lord's already iterated this fact in the fact that He said your Father knoweth that you have need of these things. He said that you can't add one cubit to your stature. And He said if you can't do that, then what makes you think that all your worry, all your care, all your fear of being consumed and all this stuff, why that it will bring you any joy, any happiness, or add anything to you? He said, Seek God first and he'll take care of everything else. That it's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. 
He didn't say to give you just these things. But he said exceeding. And the Bible said now unto him. And that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. And God is able and willing and wants to give us more than the things that consume us in this day. But he makes a statement, little flock. Fear not, little flock. God got to work in that in my heart. And I feel like this morning I need to preach on the dangers to the flock of God. The dangers to the flock of God. Now, here in this scripture, the Lord is dealing with a danger to the people of God. All through the Word of God, we're likened to a flock of sheep. And so there are natural dangers to sheep that carry over into the spiritual life. And there are spiritual dangers that carry weight with the natural dangers that sheep have. And that's what God's put on my heart this morning. If you'll pray for me for just a few minutes. But the Lord here is dealing with the danger of being distracted. It is a danger to the sheep in the natural sense for them to be distracted. You say, well, what is it that distracts the sheep? Anything that takes their focus off the shepherd is a distraction. And so just as real of a danger as it is for natural sheep to lose sight or be distracted from the shepherd, it is as much or more so a danger in the spiritual life for us as the flock of God to be distracted and lose sight of our shepherd. Yes, can be anything. Here in this scripture, the Lord's talking about anxious care. He's talking about the what is that we can't do anything about. There are many people in this life, and there may be somebody here this morning that you live all your life worrying about what might happen, that even if it did happen, you couldn't do anything about it anyway. We're living in a day where people are consumed. We're watching the news, and I'm not talking about being ignorant. I don't think there's anything wrong with knowing a little bit about what's going on in these days. All the news wants to report is the what is, and they understand it is a tactic, a scare tactic, that they can get people consumed with what might happen. They have got the mind of the people. We're living in a world where the people of God are so consumed by what might happen. What if it does? Can't do nothing about it anyway. I mean, we, and I'm not, I'm not belittling anybody this morning. I'm not, I'm just preaching from my heart what the Lord told me to preach this morning. I mean, we sit at the television and watch about all the things that are going, what if World War III happens tomorrow? What if? Ain't nothing we can do about it if it does. But we'll spend all our time being consumed by that and it's taking our eyes and our focus on the most important things. We spend all our days, and I understand the reality's there. The fear is there. It's part of living in the flesh. It's part of being a parent and a grandparent. I understand that there are people all across our world. I'm talking about church people now that are so consumed and caught up with the fact, what if the time comes that I can't pay my bills? What if I can't put food on the table? What if I can't do this? What if I can't do that? My Bible said that our Father knoweth we have need of these things and it will put him first and seek him he always will take care of us 
Now, I'm not talking about being lazy and letting the government take care of us. That's not what this Bible teaches. Nowhere in here. Matter of fact, it teaches exactly the contrary. It says if a man won't work, he ought not to eat and he won't provide for his house. He's worse than an infidel is what the Bible says. That's not what I'm preaching on this morning. But I'm talking about being so consumed over things that even if they did happen, we couldn't change them. And by the way, the what is might not happen anyway. What's the use in worrying about something that may not happen? No, we all get caught up in the trap. I've got caught up in the trap. We all have been distracted with anxiety and cares and fears and have pulled our attention away from the shepherd. We're distracted. We look around, we get so caught up in what's going on that we turn around to see where he's at and we've lost him. Now he's not went anywhere. He made us a promise he'd never leave us and never forsake us. Brother High preached on Monday night. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thank God. You understand what I'm saying? When we get our focus on other things, we turn and we've lost our focus of where he is. It's kind of like the disciples out on the boat. When the storm came, they lost their focus of him. Now, he had bidden them to go. They had received his word. He said, go across to the other side. I'm going to go to the mountain to pray. I'll meet you over yonder. And they do exactly what he said to do. Obey his word. Follow his word. Walk by his word. But then the Bible said all of a sudden, a storm came on the lake. And he comes walking to them on the water. Now, they've not been apart that long. I mean, I don't know how long he's prayed, but they've not been apart that long, and all of a sudden they have lost sight of who he is. You say, how do you know? They were afraid. They didn't even recognize him. They cried out for fear and said, it's a spirit. Now, they've been on the water with him before. He's been on the water walking before. He's bidding Peter to get out of the boat before. And now they're afraid. They don't know what to do. And Peter's going to step out and walk with him and do some things they've never seen. But I'm going to tell you, he was the same God on the water as he was on the shore. They had allowed other things to distract them from him. Peter's going to get off the boat and he's going to walk on the water. And he's going to do good as long as he keeps his eyes on the Lord. But he's going to get distracted again. And he's going to begin to sink. And that's exactly where we are in this day. We have lost sight of him and we're sinking in the worry and the care and the fears of this life and it's consuming us as the people of God. So there's a danger of being distracted. Then there's a danger. Now, this is exactly what Brother Tim was teaching this morning. Word for word, pretty much. About all the distractions and the things that are going on in our life. And I was just sitting there and it's rolling in my heart because I knew what I was getting ready to preach. And then he made mention of the word distance. That's a danger for the shepherd, for the sheep, a distance from the shepherd. It's a danger. To get apart from him's a danger. It's a danger to the natural flock and it's a danger to the spiritual flock. If you get distance from the shepherd, it will affect you and all around you. 
I began to think last night as God began to deal with my heart I'd spent some time with my sheep physically yesterday and I petted on them and loved on them and I got a couple of them that I can sit down in the barn stall or squat down and they'll almost come and lay their head on my shoulder and just I'm talking about creatures that could hurt you I got a ram he probably weighs 260 or 275 pounds and when he don't want to do something he won't do something but when he wants the shepherd's attention he knows how to get it he comes close I'm going to tell you I've got some that live closer than others and our heavenly shepherd does too He's got sheep that live closer than others. And I'm going to tell you what I've noticed about those that live a distance from the shepherd. It affects things. Number one, it affects their feeding. They don't get to eat as much as those that live closer. Those that come to the call, those that respond to His voice, those that are closer to His side are there when the feed's poured out and they get to eat more than those that follow from a distance. It doesn't make those other sheep any less sheep than the ones that are close. It just has an effect on them. And it's a negative effect. Being distant from the shepherd always has a negative effect. Uh, the negative, it will affect your feet and it will affect how your soul's fed. It will affect your nourishment. It will affect your intake of spiritual things and that war that's going on inside us between the natural man and the fleshly man. Your, your a spirit man depends on the food and the nourishment from the shepherd to be able to have the power to win the battle inside you. And so it affects our feeding. Then it affects their feelings. You say, what are you talking about? Well, I, I mean, the Lord just, he, he let me just look at my flock there in the barn and it began to work in my heart. Those that come near to me, I'm able to lay my hands on them. And they respond to that. Some of them make noises. Some of them close their eyes. I watched them. They have a positive response out of being felt by the shepherd. They have feelings about his hands being on them. But those that won't come close to that, they don't have those same feelings. Oh, they could if they'd just come close. I'm more than willing to lay my hands on them just like I will all the others. And I'm telling you this morning what I've said what Brother Tim said, what others have said, of this spirit-filled life, this power of God, it's not something reserved for just a select few, but it's available to all the sheep. He'll put his hand on you just as much as he will any other in the flock. But it all depends on us how close we're following him. How much we trust. It all really boils down to how much we trust him. See, I got some that trust me to feed them. But they don't trust me so much to feel them. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, we come to the house of God and we trust Him to feed us, but do we trust Him to feel us? Do we trust Him to put His hands on us? I wonder if we trust Him not to F-E-E-L feel us. I wonder if we trust Him to F-I-L-L feel us. Are we too afraid of what we think we might have to do or what He might ask of us to feel us? Or do we not trust Him enough? It will affect your feelings. I understand that serving God ain't all about feelings, but I will say that the salvation you have, if you've really been born again, it comes with feelings. 
Something as big as God move on the inside of you and start working inside your heart. It'll produce feelings in you. It may not be, it may not be manifested all the same. I'm not worried about all of that. I said a minute ago, they all respond differently when I put my hands on some or vocal, some or not. It's just their nature and God does the same with you and you respond differently. You don't have to be like any other sheep. You just be the sheep God made you to be. I don't hear my sheep talk, and I understand. He said, preacher, you can't understand the sheep. I know that. But they don't waste their time trying to buy like another sheep. I got some, and I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I got some, that, and, and God's not like this, I'm glad. I got some I'd rather not hear from. I mean, their voice and the way they carry their call, it just don't sound well to my ear. But I'm glad our shepherd's not that way. He's not sitting there taking inventory of how Brother Tim testified today and then when it's your turn tomorrow, he's not comparing you to him. You're not compared to him. You are who God made you to be. Just be the sheep he made you to be. But if we get a distance from him, it'll affect our feelings. Now I'm going to tell you something. I want you to hear me well. You hear me really, really well. And I know I'm it's, it's hard sometimes for me to preach this way because I'm younger and I have young kids, but I want you families, you mamas and you daddies, soon to be mamas and daddies, you listen to me, a distance from the shepherd will not just affect your feeding and your feelings, it will affect your family. And I'm going to tell you why I say that and why the Lord put it on my heart. I'm going to tell you something I've noticed. A mama that is distant from the shepherd will produce lambs that will be distant from the shepherd. And it's because the mama, now I understand daddies are in there too, it's just a little different. I just deal with the ewes mostly and that's where most of them get their nurture and their nature from. But if a mama is way, or a daddy is way of the shepherd and they don't show the lamb, then it's okay to trust the shepherd. That lamb is already predisposed to walk a distance from the shepherd. It'll affect your families. I can tell the lambs. I can tell the lambs that I've been able to lay my hands on. And I can tell the lambs that have a mama or a daddy that is close to the shepherd. And I can also easily tell those that don't. And I don't want it to be this way, but I want you to hear me well this morning. God wants you to be close to Him worse than you want to be close to Him. And sometimes, if it takes it, God will allow things and circumstances to come in your life that will draw you closer to Him. Yes, sir, brother. I bought a I still have her. Her name's Ada. When I first bought her, she was one of them. She didn't want you to touch her. She didn't want to be around you. She wanted you to feed her and leave her alone. That was it. But Ada was bred. And Ada had a lamb prematurely on the coat. Some of you remember last year, it had been warm, 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 and then about the end of March, the first of April, man, it turned south fast. I mean, it got cold. And on the coldest night, the last of March, the first of April, Ada had a little lamb prematurely. The lambs of that breed are supposed to be anywhere from 10 to 14 pounds, especially when there's just a single. Bonnie weighed four and a half pounds when she was born. 
less than half the size. And the mama, it was her first time. She, she nurtured the lamb. She loved the lamb, but she couldn't figure out about this feeding thing. It would bother her. The, the lamb who would go to nurse and, and Ada would turn circles. She didn't, couldn't understand what was going on. So it took weeks and weeks and weeks of hands-on interaction, whether she liked it or not, yeah. to make sure her lamb would survive. Now I'm going to tell you something, and I feel pretty serious in my heart when I'm preaching this this morning. Lord, help us not to have to have tragedy in our lives to get us close enough to God where our babies can feel God in us. Now they don't want you to touch her. And Bonnie wants you to pick her up. You know why? Because they spent a lot of time in the hands of the shepherd. And even though it's a bad situation, I mean, got up in the wee hours of the night for the first uh, uh, first night. I, I mean, I was uh, very inexperienced with this, and I had to, I had the lady that I bought them from. She's uh, very well experienced, and I was texting her all through the night, what to do, what do I do? I picked Bonnie up and took her uh, in the house. Me and my wife did, and wrapped her up in a, a blanket to try to get her warm. If you don't get the body temperature up at a certain thing, even feeding can kill them. It's just all it works together. God put it all together uh, just so. And so we took her in, ate us pinching a fit in the barn because she wants a baby, but she don't understand how to feed her. And so after weeks and weeks and weeks, a bad situation, a difficult, I mean talking about holding about a 180 pound ewe in the corner, one of us holding her head and the other holding her back so that the baby can get under there to nurse and be able to survive. I mean, it was a pleasant to Ada, but now her relationship's far different with the shepherd than it was to start with. And it had been a whole lot. I want you to hear me well this morning. I don't feel like I, I thought I might just hit this and go on, but I can't get off of it. I want you to hear me well. We'd have the same relationship if she had just submitted to the shepherd and felt close to him to begin with. Wouldn't affect it either. I'm not saying that she still might not have had a premature birth, but things would have been much easier and we'd still be where we are now had she responded and got close to the shepherd before hard times come. Sometimes in our life we look over our life and we think, Lord, what have I done? It may not necessarily be that you've done anything. It may just be that the Lord's watching you and you're taking step after step after step in the wrong direction. And so He wants to pull you close back up to Him again so you're not affected negatively in these days. So your family's not affected negatively in these days. And it's not just for parents. It's for grandparents and elders and mature. Anybody that has any type of influence over these young people that God has put in our church, thank God for the kids we have. But God help me and God help us to live close enough to the shepherd that they can fear Him on us. They can know when it comes that time, God begins to deal with their heart. And the shepherd goes to fingering around in their soul that they've been around mom and daddy or grandma and grandpa or people in the church long enough to know that that's the shepherd mama talks about or that's the shepherd daddy talks about. And mom and daddy and grandma and grandpa said that it's okay to trust the shepherd. And they didn't just tell us, but they showed us that it's okay to trust the shepherd. And then they respond under the call of the shepherd. Yes, brother. God help us. It will affect that distance. And see, distractions become distances. They all stockpile one on another. 
it starts off as just being distracted. But then if we get distracted long enough, those things we got focused on, they begin to pull us in that direction and the shepherd is in this direct direction. So it's no longer just a distraction, but now it's a distance that God is, that we have got away from God. And now it's affecting our food. And now it's affecting how we feel. And before long, if something don't change, it's going to affect our families. It's a danger to the flock. I want to say that not only is distractions and distance from the shepherd a danger, but disease is a danger to the sheep. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? Well, I got to thinking about it and the Lord began to deal with my heart and I'm going to tell you what sheep do. I'll tell you the nature of a sheep. Sheep are very good at hiding that something is wrong. Sheep have a nature they don't want to admit that something is wrong. And so they hide it. Many of them, the ones I have especially, they have wool. They will hide it in their outer covering. If you don't put your hand on them, it will look like that everything's going well because of what they look like on the outside. All the while, something's wrong on the inside. Monday at my house was shearing day. And it's always a shock. It don't matter how much time I've spent with my hands on them. And I'm glad our shepherd's not that way. I said a minute ago about having to call that other. I'm glad my shepherd don't have to reach out. There ain't nobody else knows his sheep but him. And it was sharing day at my house. And it's always a shock because they don't look nothing like they did look. And I had one in particular that her body condition was off. And it looked okay because she had it covered. But then when the covering was taken off, it all came to light and something needed to be done. Now I'm going to tell you what we're experts in doing as the people of God. We're good at covering that something is wrong on the inside. Oh, we put on our good clothes. We put on our smile. We walk hand in hand in the church house. Oh, we shake our head to the preacher or say amen to the preacher. We sing with the congregation. We pray in the order. And we act like everything's okay. Oh, and all along, down on the inside, we know something ain't right. That's right, brother. We just have it covered. Can I tell you why there's so much trouble? I'm just preaching what's on my heart. The Lord, it just started flooding my heart. All these things from my own personal experience with these sheep, God just worked it in me. I'm going to tell you why we have so much trouble in our church today. I'm talking about the church as a whole. I'm going to tell you why there's so much trouble. It's because somewhere along the line, now in sheep rearing, in shepherding, there's a phrase and I don't know if it, if it comes up in other things, Brother Tim breeds dogs and, and other people in the church have animals. And know, but there's a term that we use called having a closed flock. And what that means is you don't allow any outside influence to determine the health and well-being of your flock. That the only sheep that are brought in are those that are hand-picked by the shepherd. I'm going to tell you why churches have so much trouble in this day. One reason is because somewhere along the line, I'm not sure when it started, 
But somewhere along the line, God's people of the church quit being a closed flock. And we allowed all kinds of outside influences in among the church and it's both disease. We, I'm not talking about not welcoming people in. I'm not talking, but I'm talking about we reached out and, and Brother Billy Mitchell preached it right. He didn't call us to share Jesus. He called us to preach the gospel and the preaching of the word that will bring in those that need to come in and will keep out those that need to be out and we went to a day where we accept anything and it's brought disease in among the sheep. It's a danger. It's a danger. Sheep are so good at covering their disease that they'll be down a lot of times before you even know anything's wrong with them. And I'm going to tell you the shepherd in heaven knows everything about you. But I'm going to tell you something now there. It's hard sometimes to preach this because of the role of the shepherd interweaves between the great shepherd and the under shepherd, between the Lord and the pastor. I'm going to tell you, I'm human. I'm flesh. I thank God for some discernment that he's given me. But if you're looking to me and to try to figure out what's wrong with you, it may be like the natural sheep. You may be down before I know anything's wrong. So it's better not just to just not cover it up. To not just try to, it's not going to get any better. It's not going to go away. Eventually it will come out on you. It's a danger. I want to say this morning, I've got two more things on my heart and I'm done. I want to say this morning that according to Scripture and in in real life experience, a dog that won't bark is a danger to the sheep. In the book of Isaiah 56, the Lord compares the elders and the religious leaders of the people of God in that day to dogs that won't bark. All they want to do is sleep and slumber and have their belly full. And in that scripture and in what I'm trying to preach this morning, to have a man of God that won't sound the warning and preach the truth of God is a danger to the flock. When you bring a guard dog in to protect the flock, and many have them, when you bring a guard dog in, its sole purpose is to thwart the enemy from coming in. And the way that dog does it is by its bark. When it senses that something is wrong, it will bark. Sometimes it's all hours of the night. Sometimes the sheep might get annoyed by it. But it is for their betterment. It's for their protection, for their security. And it's a great danger. A sheep will get complacent with a dog that will not bark. See, what that dog does is it creates a sense of security. But when the dog doesn't do its job, that's when the danger comes to the sheep. Because it will sense something's wrong and won't say anything about it. It will sense something's amiss. It will see something or smell something or hear something. And its sole purpose is to warn the sheep that danger is ahead. And a good dog, you hear me well this morning, it's hard sometimes to preach as a pastor this way, but a good dog will give his life for the sheep. I have spent enough time talking with other shepherds in other areas, especially those out west, where there are wolves. 
and we'll get to that in just a minute, where there are dangerous predators that can easily outnumber a dog. And I'm going to tell you what a predator always does. A predator goes for the throat first to silence the dog so that it can get to the sheep. Now I'm going to tell you what's going on in our day today. The world and the enemy and the predators of this life have tried to silence the dogs so that they can have the sheep. And they have silenced many and stolen many sheep away that may never ever return again. I've talked to some that have predator problems so bad that... uh, you go home today and look it up. I didn't know what it meant until I looked it up and I was shocked. But they make a collar called a wolf collar. Somebody mentioned it on one of the, the threads I was on reading about what to do in a situation. They said that my friend that's out west, they have, a, have multiple livestock guardian dogs and they invested in wolf collars. And if you look them up, it's leather collars with metal spikes about three or four inches that stick out all around the collar. And it's so that the wolf or the predator cannot go for the throat and silence the dog. That at least, if nothing else, the dog might lose its life, but it'll get the word out that danger is here. And I'm going to tell you in these days, if the man of God will stand, I'm glad the Holy Ghost can work like a wolf collar in this day. And he can keep off the enemy. And he can let the man of God sound out that there's danger in the flock. And any preacher, any pastor, that it will turn his eye up to the danger of the flock is not worth being in the pulpit. That's right. You know what Jesus said? And I don't mean to get rough right here. But I'm just preaching what's on my heart. You know what Jesus said about the hireling? He said the hireling fleeth because he's a harlot. We're trying to figure out why all these things that went wrong, why the, these so-called preachers, and I, I'm not judging anybody, I'm just going off the scripture. Jesus said they do it because that's what they are. The whole reason they flee is because they're hireling. And they careth not for the sheep. You know why a livestock dog, guardian dog will give his life? Because he loves the sheep. He was brought up around the sheep. The shepherd's relationship with the livestock guardian dog is as precious as his relationship with the sheep. It is because of the shepherd. Now you listen to me well. When that livestock dog is a puppy, it learns that the shepherd loves the sheep. And its nature is to please the shepherd. And so because it sees that the shepherd loves the sheep, then it automatically is natural in it for it to love the sheep and doing so to please the shepherd. That's why having the calling of God is the qualification for being a preacher and a pastor because it is a work from God, a supernatural work inside the heart of a man to put that flock in his heart so that that man will love the flock to please the shepherd. Dogs that won't bark are a danger of the sheep. And then I want to say, and I'm done this morning, deadly wolves or danger of the sheep. There's two scriptures. One of the scriptures is in Matthew 
Jesus said they're ravening wolves. That word ravening means, it literally is where we get our word robber or thief. They have come to steal the flock. That's what they're doing. And Jesus said, Beware of wolves in sheep's clothing. Now, I'm going to tell you something amazing. You study your Bible. Go, don't just take my word from it. Go home and read. Every time the word wolf is introduced as an enemy to the sheep, it is always a picture of an enemy from within. It's wolf in sheep's clothing that have tried to blend in to the flock. And the Lord said they're a robber. It's where we get the word extortion. They come to take and to take by force. And they'll take all they want. That's the way they work. Then Paul spoke to those elders at Ephesus. And he said, take heed to yourselves that you feed the flock of God, which is the church of God. He's purchased with His own blood. For I know that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in, not sparing the flock. And he goes on to speak about these wolves as being false prophets. Those that have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. Those that look the part, but deep down inside, there's something wrong, and it is their nature. A wolf cannot be a sheep. A wolf is a wolf. Brother Hannah Millie said it right. A wolf is a wolf is a wolf. It doesn't matter what color they are. It doesn't matter what part of the nation they're from. A wolf is a wolf is a wolf. And a wolf can't be a sheep. And they're grievous. That word grievous means they leave grief everywhere they go. That they shed blood everywhere they go. And here's the shame. Here's the shame. While I'm preaching this, there's people's faces coming up in your mind that have went from church to church to church and they have left grief and blood everywhere they go. You say, preacher, what's the matter? They're a wolf. And a wolf can't be a sheep. And a wolf and a sheep cannot cohabitate. A wolf and a sheep cannot get along. A wolf and a sheep do not exist together. They are natural enemies. And they're a danger to the flock. And the only way to combat the wolf, the only way to combat the wolf is to have a shepherd. That's the only. You can have a livestock guardian dog, but if you don't have a shepherd, it won't do you any good. Because the dog has to learn from the shepherd. The only way to prevent the wolf is to get close to the shepherd. I remember one night, and I'm done, I think, this morning. I remember one night at my house. We've had incidences with coyotes, not on my side of the road, but across the road. But there was one night that they were so loud that they woke me up in the bed and they sounded like they were in the back door. And I started to get up out of bed. I reached over in the nightstand and got my gun. Now I said, where are you going? I said, do you hear what I hear? She said, yeah. I said, I'm going up there and I'm going to sit in the barn until they get quiet. 
because I don't want them to get my sheep. And I did. I don't know what time of the night it was. I got my flashlight, walked to the barn, walked up in the loft, sat down in the dark and sat there. I didn't say anything to the sheep. I didn't do anything to the sheep. I know that they sensed my presence, that some of them called out to me. And I just sat there. And it let them know some that were standing. I began to watch as my eyes kind of got acclimated and the moonlight shining in. I watched some of them that were standing with their ears back. I watched them bend their knees and lay down. You say, what changed? The coyotes were still howling. But what changed is they knew that the shepherd was close by. I'm going to tell you what will do your children more good than anything in this day. It will do them good for them to know that mom and daddy are okay. That there's peace in their heart because the shepherd is close by. Let the wolves howl. Let the coyotes rage. Let all the enemies. It's going to happen. But Jesus said, even the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And it's all because of who our shepherd is. And so there's peace with Him. That's the greatest that was mentioned this morning. The greatest type of peace is the peace with God. But there's also a peace of God. A peace from God. Not just that there's peace that we're reconciled, that we're on good ground, that we're on right terms, but there's a peace of God that comforts us in times of grief and sorrow and trouble. And it all comes because of the shepherd. Go home and read it. Paul said, The peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. It's all in the shepherd. So I want to tell you this morning, as our little church here on the side of the road, there are dangers. There are dangers to you. There are dangers to me. There are dangers to our children. There are dangers to our brethren. There are dangers to our parents. Dangers to our loved ones. If you're a part of the flock, there are dangers out there. And the only way to make it through is to be close to the shepherd. To not be distracted. To not be distant. When something's wrong, you've heard me say it a million times, but I'll say it again. There's no danger, there's no shame in admitting something's wrong and needing help, or the shame is not getting it when it's needed. Don't try to cover it up. Don't try to let your wool hide what's going on on the inside. Be honest and open with the shepherd. He already knows, but he just wants you to tell him what's wrong in your heart. Be aware in these days of these dogs that won't bark. And be aware there are wolves all around us. And they're seeking the flock. And they'll come for the little ones. And that's the ones they come for first. I've read and heard, not seen it myself thankfully, but I've heard that when a newborn lamb is born, they call and cry out a lot and it attracts the predators. They know when something's been born. And I'm going to tell you, all these false prophets and all these wolves in sheep's clothing, they're not going to come after somebody that's rooted and grounded in the faith 40 years strong. They're going to come after these that have just been born again and don't don't have that sure foot. We better beware. As a church, we better stand guard and we better be close to the shepherd as parents. We better be close to the shepherd for our family's sake. Thank God for the shepherd.
that will protect us from the dangers in these days. Father in heaven, I thank you, Lord, this morning for the privilege and the opportunity to have been able to be in your house today with your people.